Coming up, Scott and I argue quite a bit over the Six Flags Q1 earnings and Meow Wolf's two new locations. Plus, are teens convinced about the metaverse? From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. Green Tagged is our weekly show covering the most important news in the theme park industry and bringing that to you. If you're looking for haunt-only news, come back tomorrow for our Haunt Weekly News Roundup. And if you're new to the Haunted Trashing Network, we have a podcast website where you can browse our catalog of over 700 episodes on every topic in the industry. Simply go to haunt.news and you can use the search feature or the categories to get started. Enjoy the show. From our studios in Portland, Oregon and Tampa, Florida, this is Green Tagged Theme Park in 30. I'm Philip, and I'm joined by my co-host, Scott Swenson of Scott Swenson Creative Development. So, Philip, I'm usually the one traveling. You're in Portland. What are you doing in Portland? Tell all our listeners what you're doing in Portland. I am here live at the West Coast Halloween Convention, where I am a speaker. I had two classes, and I also am here as media doing some content. Great. So where can people find this media? I'm assuming on Haunted Attraction Network, eh? Yes, of course. Uh, maybe you could follow our new TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> you have a new TikTok! Yay! I have yeah. a new TikTok too, but I'll, t- I'll talk about that later. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we'll be we did a few little videos, and I'm doing interviews, and we so there's some content we put out already immediately. Uh, we'll talk about the immediacy later, uh, but there's also some longer form content that I got that we'll be releasing later. Very cool. Very cool. Well, sorry, I just, you're, you're in a hotel room. You're, you're, you know, separate from, from your normal studio. We don't see your, your home behind you. So I was just wondering, I'm just giving you a chance to say where you were and what you were doing. So that's cool. In case anyone was wondering whether I finally took down my, you know, Christmas Christmas decorations. decorations. No, I just changed locations. Yeah. So they're still up. They're just back, you know, back in, back in California. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, we are going to talk about TikTok and content and all that later, but I think our first story is that Six Flags has released their Q1 earnings. They said their total revenue for the first quarter increased by 56 million, which is a 68% increase. Let's see, they reported earnings in the first quarter, revealing that attendance increased by 25% compared to the same period in 2021. And then, of course, their 56 million increase in revenue. And uh, the quote here from the CEO says, we have reoriented our culture to prioritize the guest in everything we do, and we fundamentally believe this will drive significant and sustainable long-term earnings growth, which is, I do not agree with that statement at all. It's a basic PR statement. But, you know, again, revenue. Do we know at all if this is profit? Well, I, and again, I don't know. But in fairness, I suggest that you go back and look at this full look at this full article because when I pulled these for the notes, um, I will say that uh, he, the, the quote was significantly longer than this. And it talked about specifically things that we have mentioned here on the show, things like staffing, um, mm-hmm. things like training. Uh, so he was he, he, he was he dug in significantly deeper than this top line quote brought about. Um, yes, this is the PR wrap up for it. But, um, and I, so I totally understand where that would be your, your hesitation in, in drinking the Kool-Aid right off the bat. But I, I strongly urge you to look a little bit deeper, um, into this article because it, it, it does have some very specific things that he is, is targeting. And, and the reason I, I summed it up here is because I didn't want to spend a ton of time, um, on this, but we had reported with, uh, some of the other, some of the other companies, um, about their first quarters and how they positioned it. And in my opinion, I think this is significantly clearer um, 
and maybe they, I don't know, maybe they heard our, uh, I like to give us so much more credit than we really deserve. But yeah, maybe, not hear anything. maybe yeah. they heard our dissing the other people saying, well, this sounds suspicious. This sounds suspicious. But to your point, it does not say profit. It does say revenue. But um, they, the thing I do like is they, they were very transparent in saying that the attendance jump was driven by increased operating days um, yeah. in Q1 2022, which makes sense because of the, the pandemic. They told us why which I thought was a bit more transparent. Um, they also uh, did talk more um, about, uh, throughout the course of the the article and the reporting, they did talk a little bit more about um, the, 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 yeah. the money was coming in and they were, and they were reinvesting that money in the, the guest facing experiences and not infrastructure. Yeah. So improving ride throughput by increasing ride uptime and implementing single rider lanes and busy days, improving staffing and training of our team members, upgrading our park appearance, which is what you just said, mm -hmm. including our front gates, restrooms, and restaurants, providing better food quality, and offering more guest amenities such as benches, shade, and children's areas. So yes, there is there is significantly more in there um, and, and significantly more specifics, which quite honestly, if you if you you know are a long-term listener, it's all stuff that we've talked about and the importance of it. You yeah. know, we often think uh, on the grand scheme, we often think, well, is it going to improve the guest experience if we make our front gate look nicer or if we add more benches? And the truth of the matter is creature comfort is something that quite often gets overlooked. Um, they invest, you know, companies invest huge amounts in large attractions, which are real sexy from a media standpoint. But when it comes to guest satisfaction and return visitation, um, things like guest creature comfort are huge. So the yeah. ability to include more, um, the ability to include more benches and to make the arrival experience and the, uh, the the queue experience in the rides quicker, faster, easier, smoother, better looking, huge. They're absolutely huge. So I, I think they did it the right way. I, I do agree there is no profit statement mm -hmm. because with all these improvements, d did that eat into their profit? But I think it was, a, of all of them, I think it's, of all the ones that we've reported on so far, I think it is by far the most transparent. I agree with that. I'm very curious about the profit. I also think it's a little bit of a, like a, it's definitely written in, it's definitely one of those is written in that way. Like I, 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 to your point, I appreciate that they gave us specifics. I do think that those are all obvious things. Again, we're back to the, like, we're back to the, you should be paying living wage type. I mean, these are obvious things that they should be investing in. But I also think it's a little bit written in like a overly positive way. Like we, we don't know, what their capacity was during these times. Like they said, it's a 25% increase in capacity, but during that same period, what, what were they open? And, <laughs> and what was their capacity if their capacity locked over across all of the multiple parks, right? So we don't even know. Yeah, it, it's overall positive. I don't, I'm just like, kind of like, well, there's little bits here that we're like, well, like were, were they all open to full capacity anyway? Could you even have had that amount of attendance at that time? Mm, I don't know. No, well, no, they probably couldn't, but that's why they say, that's why they say point blank, the, the attendance was, was driven by increased operating days. They were days that they weren't open because of, in Q1 of 2021, because of yeah, they pandemic. Couldn't be, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they don't, they don't spell it out in the nasty detail. They do polish it. Yes. Um, and Philip, you've taught, you've taught classes in PR. Um, I know. You I would have liked to see a, 2019. You don't write a press release yeah. that says, you know, here's, here's what happened. And it's really doesn't mean anything because, you know, you have to polish the turd a little bit. So it's, yeah. I would have liked to see the 2019 numbers, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. No. And that's very fair. That's very fair. Yeah. Um, 
And I'm yeah. sure there are anyway. people who want to dig further. I was just lazy and I didn't, so I'm I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you for forgiving me. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of forgiving, this is maybe a good segue. <laughs> well, this is so. This is a, this is in direct response to something that we actually reported on a while back. Mm -hmm. This this story comes from Central Track. And it reads, online backlash for Meow Wolf's announcement of two new locations in Texas. Um, the summary here that kind of Scott put together, um, we'll read some bits here. The business venture hasn't been free from some controversy. With the recent debate over abortion and gender-affirming care for minors, Texas can't stay off everyone's lips. And we have seen Meow Wolf's move as unequivocal support for the state, warts and all, when the announcement hit social media, the posts were met with criticism among the excitement. The company made a swift reply to the criticism saying, Meow Wolf has always stood with marginalized people, and that includes LGBTQIA communities and women. <laughs> I, this quote is funny. We want to be clear. We are coming to Texas to bring our support, love, and adoration for those communities by supplying jobs, hosting events, supporting artists, and doing everything we can to give space and time and resources to the communities of Texas facing the most backlash. They put that in their Instagram. And in their original post, apparently they said, y'all means y'all, y'all means everyone. So, mm. I will tell you, I was in Houston when this announcement came out and Houston is really locations. Yes, it is Grapevine, Texas and Houston, Texas are the two new locations for, um, for the, for Meow Wolf. And I will say the although the the local news media did not pick up on the much longer uh, statement, local news media did pick up on y'all means y'all, y'all means todos, uh, y'all means yeah everyone. It's y apostrophe everyone. So yeah. uh, the media picked up on that, and uh, there were even um, uh, there were even uh, static banners on social media. That just said y'all means y'all, which is with their new Texas boot logo, which actually is a a boot with a uh, like an opal in the in the front of it, which is projecting out the fantasy worlds that they're going to create in these two new locations. So um, this goes back to something that we had said a while back, and that was you know you have to make certain that you make a clear statement of where you are. And when what you're doing, and I'm not 100% certain that they even anticipated that moving to Texas, based on Texas's view, um, was going to have negative feedback. Uh, I think they might; it, it, they should have probably thought about it. Um, should have thought about it. But uh, but again, there's there's multiple states. It would have been very challenging to open pretty much anywhere, um, you know, without something being controversial about it. I do like the fact that when it became controversial. As uh, although I do think they should have been out in front of it, um, the the moment it became controversial, they jumped on it. They made it clear what their position was. Um, they did not. Uh, they did it in a very positive manner. Again, they didn't. They didn't say, you know, shut up. We disagree with you. They they did throw in jobs. They did throw in, you know, economy, um, which I think is fair because nothing is ever one sided or the other. Uh, but I I love the I love the shortened version. Of y'all means y'all. I, I'm, I think I might take the the unpopular opinion on this one or the, the opposite opinion. Um, a, they should have known. Anyone who doesn't know is not paying attention. Again, and I feel like this is a theme when it comes to me and Meow Wolf, even though it's a different person now. But I just feel like they're they they 
there's no excuse. I, I, I think the excuse that they used to have where, well, we're, we're, just, we're just artists from New Mexico who pull stuff out of the trash and make sculptures out of it. And, you know, that's, we didn't expect, we didn't even know there were theme parks. Like that kind of like naivety thing, I think you can't play that anymore once you've gone through and got funding and done this. So I don't, I don't think there's an excuse now for the, we didn't know type of naivety type of thing. They should have known this was going to cause backlash. They clearly did know it because they pre-put it into the post. And see, I don't agree with this move. No, I'm sorry. The way that you show support for this stuff is through your pocketbooks, if you are a company, and through what you do. And building a new division here in this area is not going to do, like, it's that's not going to do anything. And their, their statement about, we want to be clear, we're coming to Texas to bring our support, love, and adoration to those communities by supplying jobs, hosting events, supporting art, blah, blah. That doesn't actually do, like, that doesn't prove that you're going to do anything. And also, you're not a nonprofit. You are not a trained facilitator who is trained in advocacy to, to, to support that. So, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, <laughs> I, I don't buy any of that at all. Like, so you're saying they should not be in Texas? Yes, 100%. Even Houston? Mm-hmm. Look at the map. Sorry. Look at the map. I know. I understand. I understand what you're saying. That's like saying. Nope. That's like saying. Okay, then let's pull Disney out of Orlando. Let's because Florida is the exact same way. Trust me. I know. I'm here. Um, yes, I know. So and but Orlando itself is not where you're. What you're saying uh, is not what you know. If you look at any. If you look at any map during an election, and you look at blue versus red, if you want to go down I, that, I know route, what you're saying. Yes, I know. There's a blue. Like I, I get that. You're throwing out. I'm pointing out. Water, Philip. That's not fair. But look at the difference in look at the difference in the approaches here. This is where I will give Disney credit, even though they fumbled in that first thing. When they came back into it, they released a, a plan that was like, "This is the funding we are going to do. This is how we're supporting our LGBTQA staff members." Like they gave specific actionable things, and the and Meow Wolf is an experience driven on art, and I think there's possibility, there's opportunity there. But we're not hearing any of that outline. They're basically just saying, we're going to just continue doing what we're doing, which is to build our experience for immersive experiences and make money. They're not giving us an actual plan as to how they're going to help those communities. And that's the difference between what Disney did and what they're doing. I, I think the, what, the difference between what Disney did and what they're doing is that Disney has a far more experienced and far more well-paid marketing department and they were able to put it together in language that you felt was much more appropriate. I think what uh, I think what Meow Wolf was able to do I think they're saying the so same Meow thing. Meow Wolf can't hire a PR think, team now they have serious funding? I don't think they have the fu- you're telling me they have the same funding as Disney? I'm telling you that now that they have a lot more funding than a lot of other companies. Agreed. They have Agreed. enough resources make, no, to no, hire wait, a team. No, wait. You can't. You cannot make a, a, a comparison and then say a lot of other companies. You just made the comparison between Meow Wolf and Disney. So let's stick there before we start going off on other tangents. Okay. You need one good PR person to craft a good statement and to tell you that you should be doing, giving an impactful plan, detailed plan. That you just said it literally. Earlier, you said what you like about the Six Flags things that they have a plan. That's what I'm asking for here. They didn't give. You need one PR person to tell you that. You don't need an entire team. They can afford one PR person. They have to get well, and to your point, they have to get the right PR person. I just think it's. I just think you are. I, I think you are painting with a very broad brush, and you're making all Texans. Um, you're making all Texans agree with the governor, which I think is unfair. I didn't say they, that all Texas agree with the governor. I said that as a company, when you are building a new location 
for an attraction to bring in tourism, literally tourism is one of is one of the things that benefits the entire state. It's very tied in so with local Houston, government. So liberal Houston has to suffer because yes. of the rest of the state. I think that that is where we are right now. We've talked about this multiple times. Mm -hmm. No company can get out of this. You, th the biggest decision you have right now as a company is these business decisions, where you choose to put your money. Like if, if it was, I would even give them a little bit more slack if they had already had a facility built in Houston and they were trying to figure out whether or not to close or not or pull out or not. But I think the situation now, which is they are a place that is going in to build an entirely new facility, that's where I'm like, you know, that that's where, for me, the line is drawn. Because it's a whole new facility. It's a tourism thing. It's going to bring in money. You're literally just supporting the local governments in, in the areas. Like, I, I don't know. This is what I think they, they, I think they at least should have said, we're going to bring our concerns to the governor and we're going to uh, we're going to at least take proposals for other locations from other places and then we're going to examine our options at least even then well, like I'm some sure attempt did, at being honest, like hey they're not going to they're not going to randomly decide they're not going to throw a pin in a, a map and decide where they're going to go they're going to be feasibility studies i mean that's just that's just business 101 you know they've done that you know they've done that and and i want to go even further you know i do we don't know they've done that just I as do, a point of fact <laughs> Well, because they didn't say that they have done it. I'm assume I agree with you. I agree with you. I guess maybe this goes back to my you're just PR making them a really you have you have a bias against Meow Wolf. You I might. A, I you, might. You said, no, you said it earlier. You have a bias against Meow Wolf. So I think that tarnishes what you're saying here just a tad. I want to take it even further. Does that mean that because I have I have clients in Texas? Does that mean I should not do work as a consultant in Texas? Is that what you're saying? Are those clients building new new? They're continuing to expand their it's Space Center Houston. They're continuing to expand, and that's why they're bringing me in to to continue to to continue. No, they did not. Buy, well, they don't need to buy new land, but they are continuing. But they are continuing to bring to try to bring in more and more revenue, more and more tourism to the Houston area. I think that for me, it's a separate issue because there's not the idea of buying a new piece of land and developing a new area. That's the line for me, because I think that then if you already have an established place where you already have workers, it would hurt the local community more if you're losing all these jobs and you're losing this facility that already exists. If there's no facility that exists. Okay. That, okay. Then let's, then let's, let's dig into this. The, uh, the grapevine location is actually going into an abandoned anchor store in a large mall complex. Okay. So what they're basically doing is taking a dormant place that lost that that lost jobs when it went out, and and bringing those jobs back. Does that change your opinion at all? No, that actually makes me more upset because they're coming in to give more jobs to uh, a local economy. Because th those are the type of problems that the government should be fixing if there's areas that are that need to attract it, and you don't need to do the job for them. Sorry, no. Wow. Anyway, wow. I'm. I can't. I know. I, can't I, I told you I was going to take this really unpopular opinion. I'm really surprised that you, as the liberal that you are, are anti-job. Because that's what you're saying. Not what I'm saying, but I want to move on. But I don't. I think the takeaway for me is that I don't agree with the approach of this. I think they should have known. 
I, you know, we can argue about their PR team or whatever on and blah, blah, blah. I think they should have known that this was going to happen based on the situation they're in. I think that the biggest decision, the biggest impact we can have as companies right now when we're doing this new investment, it's, we have, we, these are big choices that we have. That's where I'm landing on this. Okay. So Scott is not convinced. I think your bias this. is showing. I think your bias is showing. That's all. That's fine. You know, I, I don't like mind, you know. Okay. We'll agree to disagree. We'll agree to disagree. You have not convinced me. And nor have you. <laughs> uh you know who are who else is not convinced, Scott? Apparently <laughs> teens aren't convinced that uh, the metaverse is the future of social media. I'm 100% in agreement with that. <laughs> this story is from Fast Company. Uh, some of the information here with half of the 7,100 teens that were surveyed in a new research project said they were unsure or had zero intention of purchasing a device to access the metaverse, such as a virtual reality headset. Meanwhile, just 9% said they were interested to the point of making a purchase, and 26% they said they already own a device. Of that 26 and only 5% entered the metaverse daily, and 82% less than a few times per month. Other in inf information from this article, they also named Amazon as their favorite e-commerce site, Nike as favorite clothing and footwear, and Chick-fil-A as their favorite restaurant which is concerning. Interest in plant-based meats slipped slightly from last year and Russia's invasion of Ukraine topped the list of social concerns, uh, which also included the government, gas prices, and inflation. Of course, uh, it shows that teens are not uh, blind to those things. Right. While TikTok may still be iffy on Web3, they're big fans of Web2, namely TikTok, which for the first time superseded Snapchat as favorite social media app. Again, not surprising. TikTok is a thing. Very quickly, I want to paint a, a big macro point here, and this is just one of my theories, I think that as we saw streaming leach the value from cable TV and broadcast television, we're going to see TikTok leach the value from traditional streaming like Netflix. So I'm not talking about places that are rundles, as in like Amazon, where they don't get their money off of the streaming for Amazon. They get it off of you purchasing your Prime and the shipping combination. So I think that they'll, they're, they're more insulated. But I think that the pay subscription model of Netflix, the value from that will be leached into TikTok because TikTok is free for the user. And it's also the content is free to TikTok because users are making content for free. TikTok isn't paying them. And Netflix is dropping $17 billion this year in original content creation. So that's going to be... Like a, it's like a $17 billion bonus that TikTok just has that they don't have to put content in. And when you look at the, in, the engagement times for TikTok, even though the content is short, the watch sessions are, as, are, are getting up there. And I think that if you, that, that trend continues, they will be like, kind of like as long as a Netflix binge uh, that will just be on TikTok with short form video. So it kind of shows us that the, the, the type of medium is not, uh, you know, it, if it's shorter, that doesn't mean that they're spending less time on the platform. I, you know, I, I'm so glad we agree again because it's so much nicer when we do. Uh, but the truth, the truth of the matter is, yes, I agree with you 100. percent And I think there's one other factor in there. I think that it's also that in the in the realm of TikTok, um, the content is not directly but indirectly interactive. 
So in other words, um, if a company puts something out on TikTok and, and they, they, they use the TikTok platform, um, people can respond to it in, by creating their own content regarding whatever the issue was that they were talking about. Um, so it, it, puts, it puts the viewer and the, and the company on equal footing um, as far as being able to pr present or provide uh, content. It may not be the same quality, but, but they, I'm not sure that the, the average TikTok watcher user um, really cares about the, the high production value as much as they care about the fact that they can be heard or seen um, or see or hear. I, before we get into the TikTok thing, I do want to reply to the initial piece of it, which was about the metaverse. We, we kind of went into the TikTok thing because right. I think we, we didn't talk about that previously. But um, I actually, I, I almost don't agree with this article either. Gosh, I'm, I'm in the mood today. I don't agree with this article because I don't, the metaverse is, is really, people say that it's quote unquote here already. It's not. We're not even really at Web3 yet. I believe that when the metaverse becomes like ubiquitous, that there won't even be like, it's just like right now, if you ask somebody, do you use Wi-Fi? And people are like, what? Like, duh. I mean, that's where it's going to be. It's going to be so ubiquitous. You won't even sometimes know. So it's not going to be like this production where people are like, enter, like one, I'm entering the metaverse. Like, it's more going to be like interoperability between platforms. And a lot of it will be behind the scenes where you won't even see it. And so you won't even really know. Just like right now, you don't, you're not really knowing which cell phone tower you're pinging off of. You know, like that's not... That's going to be how it's going to work. So, a, I disagree with the entire like positioning of it. Like, it this this presupposes that the teens know what the metaverse is, or that it's currently in, like, there's currently a metaverse to go into. And I disagree with that. I think I actually think it's going to eventually become like Ready Player One. And I do think that when it is at that level and it's ubiquitous in that way, everybody will use it defaultly. So that's not that's not what I got from this article. Um, I agree with what you just said. But what I got from this article is I think everybody was anticipating that Gen Z were, the, were going to be the ones who were going to usher in the metaverse. Um, mm. I think it's a timing situation because um, this, this article was specifically about Gen Z. Um, and I don't know what the next generation after that is called. Who, who's somebody but born, uh, born, what is it, after 2012? What is that? I don't know. Whatever that generation is. Um, I, I, think, I think what this article was saying was not so much that um, the metaverse is is baloney and is not going to happen. I think what it was saying was Gen Z, which was supposedly, in many people's view, um, who was going to be who were going to be taking advantage and and ushering in the wonderful world of the metaverse, are not the right people. It's not going to be them because I agree with you, Philip. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's there in its fullest yet, and I don't think we have have seen fully what it is, what it's going to be. Um, or how it's going to evolve and push forward. Uh, what it said to me was, don't put your eggs in the metaverse basket yet. What it said was the metaverse is coming, but it's not going to be the Gen Z's that you think it's going to be. Um, so, you know, don't, don't move all of your payroll into Bitcoin and don't, you know, move everything. It's not that we're not there yet. We're not there yet because the, the very young adults have not embraced it yet. Gen Z has not has not brought yeah. it brought it into their into their realm yet. Um, so I think I don't think that the article is is wrong in its statement. It's just more focused. It's it's the teens aren't. I mean, it is in the article title. The teens aren't convinced yet. So what that means is, as this continues to evolve, 
um, in order to be on bleeding edge, it's going to be the next generation that's going to have to make that that determination. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because I agree with you. I, I, it's not there. I, yeah. The metaverse is not and, there fully. And 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 some something that I, I I like glossed over in my description too was that you know they specifically say purchasing a device to access the metaverse, such as a virtual reality headset. And I do think that kind of boxes in the answer. So like I I agree. Like as in, I agree with your point that like that's really not. But but also still. To explain more, yeah. Like, if you're asking specifically a teen, are you going to buy, like, an Oculus to access? Like, yeah, obviously not. Like, why not? Well, they're clunky. They're expensive. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, yes. But, like, I'm just saying, like, that's not the the key to the metaverse because it's not really fully done yet. So, like, in you know, you're not it's not going to be limited to that kind of like having to buy an Oculus type of thing and put it on clunkily. Like, you know, in the, you know, there's, there's going to be other ways and it's going to be more ubiquitous than that. But I think in the context of this article, obviously if the question they were asking is, are you buying an Oculus <laughs> to get into the quote unquote metaverse? And the kids are like, no, it's like, well, of course not because half of them can't afford it. And also like it's clunky. And what's interesting is the majority of the kids who were, um, and I can say kids because I'm an old guy, but the majority of young people who were uh, interviewed were also gamers who are very comfortable with the Oculus mentality and would buy an Oculus to play games, but not necessarily buy an Oculus to access the metaverse. So, and in fact, many of them owned Oculuses too, you know. So I think your point is very valid in the fact that if you're saying, would you buy this device specifically to enter the metaverse? The answer is probably no. But mm -hmm. would you buy this device if it was the best way to play XYZ? Um, Im immersive Correct. game, then yes. yes. So I think what there's there's they still haven't made the leap. And again, I'm I'm extrapolating a bit here, but I think they still haven't made the leap between this is the this is my play world and this is my real world. Um, I, I don't think they've made that leap yet because I don't think to your point, Philip. I don't think the real world of the metaverse has been fully defined yet. Yeah. But but the alternate the alternative appears to be TikTok <laughs> for the yeah. moment, for the moment, for the, yeah, moment. The, the, there's one story that we're not going to get to, but we'll have in the show notes, which is uh, a piece written for blue loop about Gen Z and TikTok, a game changer for visitor attractions. And to summarize, I think that basically is just talking about using TikTok to promote uh, the exhibits, uh, small is beautiful exhibit opening in London and uh, just kind of, you have the TikToks and then the people can come and experience them in real life. I, I don't, again, God, I'm so sassy. I'm, this is one of the things where I'm like, yes, um, we have been talking about this for quite a while. It's not new. Mm -hmm. um, I also think that we've done, I've done case studies about this too, where I've talked about on the show already about um, haunted houses even that do TikTok, special TikToks with the characters, and then mm -hmm. the characters are available for meet and greets at the event. You know, and there, there's a, that's a whole other show at this point for our time, but, right. the, but that, well, the, the TikTok I, I, is a thing. Suffice to say that you just opened an, a, a new TikTok account and have started putting content up. Um, share your yes. TikTok, share the TikTok handle. Share the TikTok. Uh, it's handle. haunted attractions. There you go. The same as, there you go. It, and it's funny yeah. because I just did one too. So if you go to Haunt Daddy Thirteen, that's my TikTok. I just started it. I have zero followers at the moment. So um, if you find it, let me know and I'll start putting stuff on it. Other than pictures of my dog. But we are out of time for the for this particular episode of Green Tag Theme Park in Thirty. We'll set, we'll call it a very confrontational one. But Philip and I still like each other. So until next week, this is Philip Hernandez and Scott Swenson from Green Tag Theme Park in Thirty. Um, thank you for listening. Tell everybody, and we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of Green Tag Theme Park in Thirty. We'll see you back here tomorrow for a breakdown of news from around the haunted attraction industry. 
This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.